The Rod and Staff podcast comes out of the host's passion for Christ and his church. It exists to encourage a deeper engagement with issues that pertain to doctrine and life. Check us out at rodandstaff.org. Welcome to the Rod and Staff podcast. I am your host, Roger, along with my co-host, Jason. And on this episode of the podcast, we are going to talk about repentance. I'm not going to ask you, Jason, what the last thing you repented of was. but Doing but... this podcast. <laughs> Oh, no, sorry. <laughs> but today we're going to visit this topic of repentance. Uh, you had went and did a Bible study for us at church, uh, going over the basics of repentance and then going deeper into helping us understand all of the implications for our lives. So we're going to start the conversation and see how much we can bring out in this episode um, and talking about repentance. We think it's a very important topic for our Christian lives. And so we want to uh, clear up confusion over repentance and even bring out some things we may not have always thought about um, on this topic. So, you know, even in starting this conversation, since it's first time talking about repentance, I think it's important to start with simple definition of what is repentance? Yeah, I think the, the, the simplest way to think about repentance is to, to think of one of the words that's used in the New Testament for uh, that's translated repentance, and that is the word metanoia, which means a change of mind uh, or a change of heart. Often those that look at repentance also will talk about um, another word, uh, one that in the Old Testament is used, which is shuv, which means to turn or turn around. And then there's another a New Testament word too that's that's similar to that that has to do with turning, um, and this idea of turning or or changing directions or or a change of mind and heart is kind of the basic notion of what repentance is. And then when we hear the term repentance, we also think of faith. We think yes. of faith and repentance, and we make that connection. And, and we'll talk more about these but when we think about that how do we think about relating those two terms uh, repentance yeah. and faith i mean they do go together don't they um anywhere we see them in scripture for the most part they're together uh, or one is used in place of both we see that often and so we we know that there is a very close connection between the two and one of the things that we've seen in in church history and in theology is that there are some who have a little bit of a nuanced position and differing views on what the connection is between faith and repentance. Hopefully we'll, some of that will come yeah. out. Um, I'll, I'll put out there now that the two positions that I think uh, are closest to the truth of what scripture is teaching is either faith precedes repentance um, that our trust in Christ comes before we can change mm -hmm. or do change. Uh, or maybe the position I'm, I'm a little more partial toward is that, that faith and repentance are really two sides to the same coin. Um, now, what I hope is clear is that we're kind of leaving out a third option, which says that repentance must precede faith. And we'll talk about why that can become 
an issue, I'm sure later on in this episode, but so their faith and repentance go together. And uh, the question of how they go together, well, we'll we'll start parsing some of that and see. It's really an important discussion that um, takes a a lot. And I think we'll we'll have some good conversation now, but hopefully we'll, we'll have more conversations too. Yeah, I think it would be helpful even to break out two categories to think about and to talk through. So to talk through first of initial repentance yes, um, and then talk about a lifetime of repentance because the initial repentance and thinking about that, the Christian life is, is the beginning of repentant belief where, yep. where we have that initial change, that initial turning that occurs that we don't want to confuse um, with the lifetime repentance, which we can come back to, but in the initial repentance, as we talk about that, and then we'll get into those uh, two uh, uh, thoughts of uh, how faith is connected. What are we turning from? And then what are we turning to in repentance? Yeah, very good. So when we put faith and repentance together or repent and believe together, uh, Usually, especially when we're talking about the the initial repentance, as you mentioned, we're talking about conversion, mm-hmm. right? We're talking about when someone is converted, and and we could think about some images in scripture from death to life, from darkness to light, mm-hmm. and so there's a turning from this darkened thinking, this thinking that is of death, to this new kind of thinking, which is of life. Now, I think what, what's going on there is we are turning from unbelief, turning from a, a, a you know lack of trust and relationship with God. We're turning from self-reliance, self-trust, self-righteousness. Mm-hmm. I am God unto myself to now I get it. God is God and I am not. Christ is Savior. I can't save myself. Uh, and so there's a turning away from self turning to God. And, and I think it's interesting because when we talk about the fall, what happens at the fall, we say, is that our hearts are turned inward, mm-hmm. right? The relationship we were supposed to have with God, we, we don't have any learning because our hearts are turned inward with fellow men. Also the same thing, even with creation, the rest of creation, it's we're, we're become very selfish, self-centered. Well, think about repentance as the heart now turning outward. Mm-hmm. It's now turning back to God the way it ought to be. So away from self to God. And you talk a lot about the mind and what we're thinking and how we're changing our thoughts upon uh, uh, who, who God is that, we're not God. He is God. He is Savior. We're recognizing the truths of the gospel, the truths of what Christ has done for us, that we are That's sinners right. in need of a Savior, and we're placing our trust and hope in him. Mm-hmm. But what about the other categories of how scripture describes our hearts of looking at uh, the affections or the desires of our heart and the will yeah. How does that turning look as, as we're talking about that initial repentance, what's occurring in those parts of our being when we're turning to Christ? Yeah, it, it seems like those are 
you know, uh, f- let's put it this way. Sinclair Ferguson put it this way. He said, repentance is not a discrete external act. Hmm. It is the turning round of the whole life in faith in Christ. And so our affections, our wills suddenly for the first time, really, right, are now turning toward God. And there's a desire for God, uh, a, a desire to do that which pleases God, which we could never have had and never did have before. Um, and obviously, it's hard to separate all these things out because they go so closely together. Um, you know, but regeneration is a part of this conversation too. There's this, this we were in, we were dead, and God regenerated us, and now kind of this conversion is, is. I want to say that kind of the the human, our response part of the work that God's already done in us. And so suddenly he's revived us. And now all of those things, mind, heart, will are turned, you know, as, as Ferguson says, the whole life is turned around now in faith uh, to faith in Christ. That makes me think of uh, J.C. Rao when he would talk about that. He would talk about how there are new thoughts, new desires, new wants. There's there's a newness that's occurred that wasn't there before. Yeah, you know, as as you go from darkness to light, as you as you begin to love the Lord, there's a beginning, and I, and I think that's what we want to emphasize is that it's the beginning, it's the turning, but it's imperfect. It's mm-hmm. not complete. It's like the heart right. that wasn't beating. And now all of a sudden it's slowly starting to come to life where we're finally alive. We're yeah. dead in our sin, but we're finally alive, but it's just the start. It's just the flicker of us. It's not a wholehearted now everything is perfect. I love the Lord. I've rejected the world and I never have a problem with that again. It's like, I, I don't know. I felt like when I learned this uh, early on in my Christian life, it was like you were walking in one direction, you turn around, you walk in another direction, you left it all behind. Yeah. <laughs> but now I realize, but I brought myself with me and that's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and, you know, so, so if I, if, if I ever fall back into something that I was doing prior to that, then what, what yes. does that mean? You know, exactly. what are the implications of that? So this idea of, you know, turning around, I think the turn is, is true. Suddenly we turn around uh, and we see God for who he is. And now we can, we can see him what we could never see before. And all we ever looked at was ourselves, so to speak. And now we turn and we can see the living God. And that begins to change all sorts of things inside of us, our appetites, our desires, our hearts, our affections, our knowledge. But it is like you said, it's this initial turning, which is a big deal, right? Mm -hmm. It's death to life. It's darkness to light. That's a, a huge change. But the the behaviors and even the thinking are, are not yet perfect. And by the way, even the rest of our Christian life, they're not going to be perfected until that day where we reach glory. Um, so yeah, I I I get the idea that repentance is leaving everything behind. I think it's desiring to leave everything behind. 
And even that's not accurate because sometimes our desires still want what's behind. (laughs) Um, So there is this initial turn to the Lord to to behold him and know him in a way that we didn't know him. So that's why I think this this metanoia, this change of mind and heart um, is, is this initial that that language helps that just this initial turning and then there's going to be a lifetime of 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 what Christ brings now, what is it that Christ gives when when we so Ferguson likes to wants to insist that what do we get when we get the gospel we get Christ mm-hmm. we we get the whole Christ he, he, the title of his book and it's in Christ that we have all these benefits and one of the benefits of being in Christ is that he gives us the power to defeat death or in him, we, we have the, the power to defeat sin and death and, and no longer be enslaved to sin, etc. So that's going to come as part of the benefits of being in Christ. Do you think, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself here, but do you think that one of the difficulties we face with understanding Uh, repentance as a believer is that we don't have a full enough view of what it means to be united with Christ. Mm. And if you think about how many times the scripture talks about being in him or in Christ, it rarely calls us Christians once, (laughs) but it, it calls us in Christ that because of that deficiency of being united with him, repentance then is self-focused on who we are. And I think you brought that up even last night. And before we get to the kind of the lifetime of repentance of, you know, when we're thinking about our faith and repentance, what are some of the dangers if we don't understand how our faith is connected to that initial repentance? Yeah. yeah. If, if there is uh, repentance as a category of its own or a thing on its own that is not attached to faith in Christ, then it's a, it's a very human thing that is repentance from one version of death to another, right? What does it mean to turn from unbelief if it's not turning to belief, Mm -hmm. if it's not turning to the promises of God in Christ, that I'm turning from, and I, I think I mentioned in the study of you know someone like Augustine, he went from one philosophy to another religion to another philosophy, et cetera, et cetera. Right? He yeah. re- repented, but it wasn't evangelical repentance. In other words, it wasn't biblical gospel yeah. repentance. It was a change of his mind, fine, because he found another view that he thought might satisfy him, but it couldn't, and it was still death. Uh, by the way, that's why you know it always amused me. Well, I shouldn't say amused me. It, it was always troubling when someone would be like, Oh yeah, this, this apologist convinced this philosopher to go from atheism to theism. I'm like, great, but theism doesn't save, yeah. you know? So yeah. he repented from one form of ungodliness to just a different form of ungodliness. Mm. So biblical faith and repentance go hand in hand. They must go together because the repentance is a turning to Christ. It's, it is a trusting in Christ. That's why if I'm going to err on one side, I think I would rather err on saying that faith must precede yeah. repentance because faith is the, the 
passive means by which we obtain the work of Christ and we become now in Christ because that's all we have is our hope in Christ. And I think you talked about last night how the fruit of faith is going to be our repentance. That's right. And how we're turning from, you know, uh, from the, the way we're living, the way we're thinking, the way yeah. we're wanting. It's, it, it's coming because, afterwards. I mean, think about our affections. Roger, you're, you're, you're the resident expert on the heart. So think about our- I'm wicked heart. <laughs> I wasn't going to go there. But, you know, <laughs> but, but, but think about our affections yeah. um, and, and why and how they change in Christ. Yeah. They change as we get to know Christ mm-hmm. and see him for who he really is and, yeah. and understand how great he is. And as he's magnified in our sight, then- our affection for him grows. Well, okay. So what would repenting of, of wicked affections mean if I didn't have Christ as the object of my faith? Yeah. It'd be meaningless. It'd be going from one sinful thing to another sinful thing. Right. So it's because I have faith in Christ because Christ is because I'm united to Christ that all these things can then change and fall into place. I can only, I can only, be free from sin or dominion, the dominion of sin, enslavement to sin, because I'm in Christ. So how could repentance be somehow turning from my sin when I have on my own no power to turn from yeah. sin? And so I think that's something to think about. Yeah, I don't know if you hear this often, but it seems that the emphasis on repenting of sin focuses a lot on external behavior Mm, and not the heart so do you do you notice how what's the danger in in that because when because when we're thinking about sin what are we actually repenting of? when we're repenting of our sin what are we telling people to do because we we throw it out there very simply yeah but what does that truly mean or what are we trying to communicate to the person when we're telling them to repent of sin and turn to Christ. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it really goes back to repent of unbelief, mm-hmm. to belief, to trust yeah. in Christ, to see him, believe him, behold him, um, remember who he is and what he's accomplished for us and what we have in him and who yeah. we are in him. Um, otherwise, if it's just repent of a, and, and by the way, that will bear fruit and the fruit is oftentimes, and in many cases, not just a transformation of thinking and affections, but it will translate into behavior changes as well. But you can have a change of behavior without a change of heart. Mm-hmm. That's a problem, right? We, we have a lot of friends and neighbors that don't know Jesus, yeah. that are not united to him, that do things and live a certain way that look good. That, that others will look at and say, look, they don't, you know, they don't, whatever, they don't do drugs, they're not committing adultery, they're not fill in the blanks, you know, uh, but their heart hasn't been changed. Yeah. And they're not right with God, they're not united to Christ. And inwardly, they're just as much a, a son of death as they were before. Mm-hmm. So the, the external can fool us into a false comfort. Um, 
And, and I think that that's one of the biggest uh, issues that we have. I mean, it's kind of a weird thing. I, I don't mean to, uh, we talked about assurance quite a bit previously, um, but, <laughs> but the false comfort comes when we're looking at ourselves and our actions and okay, if I read enough scripture this week, then I'm doing well. If I prayed enough, then I'm doing great. You know, um, really, it's always a, a keeping our eyes on Christ and who we are in him, uh, where our real assurance needs to come from. Yeah, when you were mentioning about re- uh, repenting of, of, of those externals, uh, it reminded me of my professor uh, who, may, who emphasized, he said, be careful that you don't just call people to repent of behavioral sins. We need to repent of both behavior and the heart because the heart leads to the behavior. And then when you get to the heart, it's no longer, Lord, just forgive me because I did this action. But what was driving that action? And you really get down to the depth of of self when you do that. And that's what we're doing in the initial repentance is we're of or self-autonomy and now we're turning to one who we need outside of us to save us because we have no hope in ourself and Absolutely. and you know that begins um uh, our a life lifetime. in christ yeah exactly it begins a lifetime of this transformation that's taking place in us of constant repenting and believing repent and believe you know always our problem is unbelief yeah. when we whenever we're sinning it's a version it seems to me of of unbelief um and and what we need is to believe we need yeah. to believe in what christ has done and to believe what we have already in him that's why you know paul says in in, in romans 6 when he's talking about our relationship to sin and the fact that we're no longer under sin or dominion the dominion yeah. of sin we're not slaves to sin anymore he says at some points he says at some point he says consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to god in christ now what's that consider yourself or reckon yourself well right it's Let's believe. He's saying, believe in yeah. what God has done. Believe in the indicative that God has done to you so that you right. can live out the imperative. But there's that middle moment, so to speak, of, you know, do I do I believe this reality of who I am now in Christ yeah. so that I can live it out? Yeah. And I think even there, if you think about how complex our hearts can be and how our thinking and our desires are connected, Sometimes we believe what we want more than we believe the truth. And we so trained ourselves that what what a lot of people say is how I feel, you know, it's what I want is that we're so conditioned on that, that we just live out of that. And when the truth starts to interact with that, we have that battle going on inside of us, of our desires battling against the truth. And at times it's believing the truth rather than believing what I want or how I feel at that moment um, and, and allowing that to change us. But it's, it's interesting how we can uh, or how complex our hearts can be. I even think of our actions, right? When you start to do an action on top of it, you then reinforce that desire and you go right. through the cycle of thinking and wanting that is now has a physical aspect connected to it because we're body soul creatures and we have so much going on at times that um that it's not just as simple 
repent of your sin and now live for Christ. Right. It's, if, if only it was so easy, we wouldn't have uh, <laughs> yeah. the, the, the many struggles we have in life. But I know, you know, as we talk about a lifetime of repentance, um, one of the quotes I always go back to is Martin Luther, mm-hmm. you know, 95 thesis and a statement he made. Um, when our Lord and Master Jesus Christ said, repent, Matthew 4, 17, he willed the entire life of believers to be one of repentance. I don't think yeah. I understood that as much when I first became a believer, as much as I do now that I've walked with the Lord for some years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, think about, think about, well, I guess one of the things that we have to do is we have to relate repentance to sanctification. The, the not uh, the initial actually both the initial repentance is of you know comes with initial sanctification and then you've got this lifetime of of repenting if, if you think about something like romans 12 right the mm-hmm. you know do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind well what does that mean the renewing well it means that there's something old that's wrong or bad that's of unbelief and it's being renewed to now uh, believing trusting conforming not to adam but to christ because we different headships right that we have um you think of something like ephesians 4 um i'll turn there real quickly ephesians 4 22 and 23 uh important passage that has its a, a parallel in in uh, colossians i think it's 3 5 but you know paul says put off your old self which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and be renewed in the spirit of your minds. Uh, we, I think it's uh, John Owen has written the famous, you know, mortification of sin, this idea of dying to the old self. This is a constant or put to death. The, the old self in, in yeah. Paul's language in Colossians, this is, this is a lifetime struggle between flesh and spirit that we are dealing with until that day that we, we see Christ face to face and become like him. First uh, John two, I think it is, or three maybe, um, but yeah, it's a, it's lifetime. We, there are so many habits of the heart. There's so many uh, aspects to our fallenness and on top of our own internal, you've got all the external temptations and things. So this is a continual put to death the, the bad, the, the old, and put on the new. And, and it's not even us who take the credit. We're united right. with Christ in his death, right? We were in him, but as we're in him, the spirit fills us. And the real battle is because the spirit now lives inside of us, Galatians mm-hmm. 5. And the spirit is battling with that old Adamic flesh that we have. That's and that right. battle goes on and on. But even the uh, progress, if you want to use that word, or the transformation we see is the spirit working inside of us to change us and to work and to bring us that. I mean, it's a spirit that convicts yeah. us. It's the spirit that gives us all of our new affection. So I think sometimes because we're not thinking of the spiritual realities of being in him and the spirit working inside of us, we mm-hmm. can, we can become 
self-focused and, and think that it's all about us. And we can feel um, that uh, we're not truly walking in repentance because we're, we're basing it off this external list of what a believer should or shouldn't do yeah. instead of realizing the reality of sin is deceptive, but we have the spirit who's working inside of us. So don't look to yourself, but yeah. look outside of yourself um, for, Absolutely. for hope, for help that we need. Our, our sanctification as well as our justification yeah. come from our union with Christ, yeah. right? It's yeah. because of who we are in Christ. And why do we have the Holy Spirit? Well, because Christ, we have Christ's spirit in us because we are in Christ and Christ is in us and, and the spirit is in us. That's why we, none of it is our own doing. None of it is um, one of the, the interesting quotes. I can't even remember who said it. So I, I, I feel bad that I can't give credit to that person. Probably someone who is dead and in church history a long time ago, so they won't be upset. But it, it's not just that we're saved through Christ, right? As though He's just the means, yeah. you know, by which he, he we're saved in Christ. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's so important. And I was thinking about this because we recently did baptisms at the church. The imagery of baptism, yeah, of dying and rising with Christ in Christ. It's that we're our, again, it's our union with Christ that we're picturing there. What is baptism? It's a picture of the Christian life. Mm-hmm. It's what happens in union with Christ. What does that look like? Repentance and belief, <laughs> death and life. It's that's the picture and it's glorious. And every day we get a new start. Amen. You know, his grace and his mercy are new to us each and every day. And he gives us just enough grace that we need to meet what we will face that day. Yeah. So that we constantly, you know, I was reading in a, a book about uh, the wrestling and struggling uh, with our sinful nature as believers. And one of the things he was emphasizing is, you know, the Lord leaves a lot in our lives to remind us of how much we need to depend on the Lord and that we can view it as an opportunity to turn to him and to go back to him and to realize, man, we need, we need the Lord more and more each and every day, instead of looking at ourselves and looking at all of our stars on how well we think we're living the Christian life. <laughs> what do you think? What do you think Paul meant when he says, when I am weak, then I am strong. Yeah. Right. My grace, you know, the Lord said, my grace is sufficient for you. And for Paul, a, 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 a sinner like us, right. He had that fleshly tendency, probably it seems from the way he's saying it, he goes so that he might not be conceited is the language he uses. We, we have that. It's so easy for us to fall back onto our own self-righteousness, our own strength, our own worthiness, so to speak. And then all of a sudden go, wait a minute, Paul says in Philippians three, that's all rubbish. That's all a loss. That is not something I can count on. I don't want a righteousness of my own because I know my righteousness is empty. I want the righteousness of Christ. And and that's where we will be changed and how we'll be changed by him. 
Well, we're coming up on our time. This is a, a big topic. And as always, we are able to solve all of our theological questions <laughs> that our listeners have in 30 minutes. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think but, we probably opened up a whole lot of questions, unfortunately, but so if, if you they have, have any, them, they can send them. Yeah. If you have any disagreements, of course, or criticism, you send right to Jason. <laughs> uh, but we'll uh, revisit this topic again. I think it's an important one to uh, to revisit from different angles yeah. uh, and, and as we interact and talk. Uh, with others. So if you have any comments or questions, you can find us on Facebook, uh, send us an email. Um, we hope that this podcast uh, helps you think and encourages your heart. And we'd love to hear from you. And we will see you next time. If you enjoyed this episode of the Rod and Staff podcast, please subscribe and share with others. For more information or to contact the hosts with questions or comments, please send email correspondence to feedback at rodnstaff.org. That is feedback at rod, the letter N, staff.org.